Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast that uh, not as good as we like to record it, but we got the job done this week. What can I say? My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, the boys were, were um, privy to my pre-pod shenanigans, and I think that was, I think, kind of like the the five minutes before this podcast started, guys, not that it will make sense to anyone who's listening, <laughs> um, were probably a pretty good approximation of the Bills game. Like, controlled chaos, um, some good things happening. It wasn't quite the way you wanted it, and ultimately, we started on time, so is there room to complain? Um I think I had sent a message to you guys that at the time uh, this was the the single most or the single least impressive twenty eight nothing lead I had ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> I will say when they got to thirty five nothing for some reason that made me feel better. I can't really explain it other than it was more points and like I, I think once you cross the thirty threshold, it like it just becomes inarguable. Um, but yeah, the Bills win thirty five nothing. Their single largest shutout of the the Dolphins ever the biggest margin of victory against the Dolphins ever um and they moved to one and one in a crowded field in the AFC at one and one and uh to give their thoughts first we're going to go to um resident Mr. Mom uh Scott who is who uh we're all thankful could watch the game on Sunday to some extent yes no I did I, I watched it it was fun um, for, for, I mean, it started off fun, right? And then, it, and then it kind of, you know, there was a long kind of, boy, I've seen too many games, uh, much yes. like last week where it was like, well, it looks like we're doing okay, but then you never really put that stake in the heart of the opponent and they come back and, and beat you. Luckily, right. you know, not to interrupt Scott, but you know what it reminded me of? I got to the bar late one day and you were texting me and you're like already 14, nothing bills over Miami. And that was the game that ended. I think uh, Frank had left the bar at this point, but it was uh, Scott and I, and it was the fourth down pass from the one for Chris Chambers to end the game and win it for Miami because the Bills didn't score then the rest of the game. Like, that's that was the game I had in mind when we were watching that. Yeah. I no, did they, have a fleeting... Oh, sorry. I did have the fleeting moment of panic right before the game started that way too many people were talking about how we own Miami and Josh Allen owns Miami. And I'm like, I don't... I don't know if I'm like really trusting this narrative here. And anyway, so it was a different kind of panic. But yes, um, go that's, ahead. That's Scott. Not a, actually it's not a statistically up? significant uh, sample size, but right. it, it does. But it does. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's, I mean, Allen obviously didn't have a great game on Sunday. Um, I know I talked about the defense last week. There's many words that could be said about how awesome the defensive performance was. And not like in a lame, you know, they like it wasn't a lame shutout. I feel like there's lots of ways that the bills could like shut a team out and it's like boring and it's just the other team being comically incompetent and um, the bills kind of backing into it. Um, there, there was some comical incompetence from the Miami dolphins, which was super enjoyable to watch. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but that was a game where their defense really came in and just pulled a full on um, Kali Ma and, you know, ripped out Miami's heart. <laughs> like that was like, we are going to beat the stuffing out of you. And yeah, I mean, there was a point or two where Miami could have had, you know, a touchdown maybe if, if somebody doesn't make a tackle or the, the pass is a little more on point, but we were kind of like willing to just live with that and be like, no, we're just going to beat the hell out of your quarterback. 
and remove him in the first five minutes from the game, and we're gonna we're gonna live with the consequences of that. Um, and uh, Leslie Frazier will not get a third star or one of the top three stars later a preview. Um, but I think he did he he called a great game because it, it you know there was a mix of runs and passes anyway. It was it was a really it was a really well put together game plan that kept Miami off the board. In addition to it being well executed by the players, um, I will go to Allen. I will say it 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 did there have been i think we were talking on sunday there have been some games where allen has looked on this it is a little harder to find two in a row where he's looked like this in the recent memory you know yes, I, the, don't don't go too deep on allen because i think we're going to make him a separate talk, topic in a minute but finish your thought by all means yeah so that that's a little so that's a little concerning um the rest of the offense looked better um, I think a lot of people have pointed out the Bills spent a lot more time in 11 personnel, which yes. seems like a more natural kind of um, formation. I like it more because it at least provides a mental threat of the run game. I think the run game also looked it looked better in general. It was not only able to get some yards, but also to get some actual specific yards on third and one and fourth on one and getting into the end zone, um, using the backs, providing that change of pace, um, making the play action more offensive. I think the Sanders... Touchdown early on was very much a reaction to how how well um, Singletary had had executed the 46 yard and that the how how well blocked that whole play was on the first thing. I was glad to see that. I hope that they had been scripting that and working on it because you can see how well it can kind of execute when you need to. Um, and it was great to see Singletary make a 46 yard run and not get caught from yeah. behind. That's obviously something that we've seen from him in the past, where he can in that first rookie year he could. He could find the hole and hit the hole. It was then he'd get run down from behind. And if that was a 70, if we were 70 yards from the end zone, yes, he probably would have gotten run down. But as you know, if you can score from the 50, roughly, that's that's pretty darn good. So um, yeah. yeah, so it, a good a better overall performance from from the offense, including Allen. Um, but but yeah, obviously, like it's nice to just 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 take it to the take it to the fence. Yeah, it's, right, I'm gonna he, go ahead. Sorry, Frank. No, I was just going to throw it to you and ask if you felt that um, the Dolphins had betrayed Shiva. Was that was my only? I was going to continue the yeah. Indiana Jones riff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, now my Indiana Jones puns are falling off. You know what? I never saw Temple of Doom. Seen the other three? You, what? Never watched Temple of Doom. I feel what? like let's, let's stop the pod. This on Amazon. See, and the thing is, like, as I got later in life, people are like, well, that's probably, it's probably the worst. Well, no, then Crystal Skull came out. But before Crystal Skull, no. it was it was regarded as no. not sure. on par with the others. It doesn't matter. It's a, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's amazing in its own way. It's truly mm -hmm. the one that scared my, it's the one that scared me it's and my terrible. sister as a child. It's yeah, it is the one, it was, and There's I got destroyed. In three. There's a lot of um, really, really bad Things that are probably not going to hold up at all in terms of um, colonial kind of views. Oh, yes. Like populations. Totally racist and problematic in that way. Absolutely. But like, like, like many of the films, but still. Right. Watch Porky's now, and all of a sudden, oh, Porky's is a lot less hilarious than I remember and more cringy than I remember. Yeah. So anyway, I've, I've gone on too long. I will say about Temple of Doom because I don't have much to say about the game. 
that I was playing trivia, Zoom trivia during the pandemic, and I was the only one who knew that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was the correct answer to what was the movie that was responsible for the MPAA inventing the PG-13 rating. So there's a trivia. Uh, trivia. There you go. So, yeah, Scott pretty much hit on all the major points. Singletary definitely would have been tackled if that were like a 52-yard touchdown run because <laughs> he was tackled pretty much immediately when he got in the end zone. But I think otherwise, right, yeah, he had the burst to get, you know, score from 46 yards away and get away from the, the defensive back. So that's, you know, you'll take that. I wish they hid. I shouldn't say I wish they'd stuck with the run a little bit more, but I feel like they did. They were a little predictable in their play calling offensively. Uh, I felt like if it was, they were doing the typical second and long, let's run the ball thing. And we're running most in that scenario, which was fine because Singletary scored on second and 10, but uh, you know, they were more effective as a whole. And that's kind of what they were going for, especially after last week's performance. And that goes with Zach Moss too. I gave him some, I gave him some minor grief on Twitter uh about fumbling right after he's you know not a healthy scratch and then he came back and the, and unlike last year and McDermott put him on the bench after fumbling against San Francisco he let him back in the game he played well the rest of the way his yards per carry is deceivingly low because he made some big carries when they needed to Alan we'll talk about more later uh of course but you know obviously there were there were opportunities left on the field offensively but we said they need to turn around at the half and after the half they immediately had a 75-yard eight-play touchdown drive, uh, a punt, then a 41-yard touchdown drive, and they got good field position. And then their next drive was a 62-yard touchdown drive, and then the kneel-down drive. So they they did improve in the second half, and kudos to them. Defensively, really happy with, you know, the, their guys will stand out. I won't mention their name because I'm guessing they're going to be in three stars. There are some linebackers who did some really good things. The blitzing secondary people did well, and I've got the final numbers that Stephen had asked about on what percentage the Bills blitzed, which I'll do during listener questions. And really, up front's not going to get a lot of credit because they weren't on the spreadsheet, meaning the defensive tackles. Obviously, the ends we'll talk about because they played great. We have a defensive player of the week nominee, a rookie defensive player of the week nominee coming from Buffalo. We had a great performance by a second-year defensive end. And really up the middle, I felt, you know, you didn't hear much about Starr. You didn't hear much about Ed Oliver. But I also didn't see Miami doing anything up the middle. Uh, I saw the Bills getting pressure up the middle, and I saw Miami unable to run up the middle. So uh, well done. Well done, team, even if we we have a higher standard than we should uh, for how much you should beat Miami by. Yeah, all excellent points. I think I will name some of the things that I did notice. I mean, think about the defensive performance, as, as Scott highlights, that, you know, um, I think every shutout probably has some level of comical ineptitude, but, you know, they stopped it on four fourth downs. Their third down percentage was horrible. And uh, guys like Trivian Edmonds and Levi Wallace left with cramping and didn't really come back in the game. And they still had a shutout. Like the last drive was definitely lots of defensive starters, not on the field. And they still managed to sort of, um, you know, in, keep the Dolphins from scoring, even though they were in plus territory, uh, territory a few times. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear the, the big names, but I, I think that even the people who don't make three stars, um, and I know Scott's done some creative things, I think a lot of people on defense, period, uh, need some honorable mentions because there were some truly great performances. Um, offensively, the one thing I was thinking about offensively, um, I mean, 33 passes and 30 runs, 
um, five of which are Allen runs. So you could you could kind of throw those out. It's certainly more balanced, but to me the it, it remains that the better the better explanation for scoring more points is about um, you know the efficiency of those handful of drives. They were able to put together a few drives. I think about if they had been more efficient early, I don't know that you win by more than 35 to nothing. Maybe you do score more points, but at some point you start slowing down anyway, because you're up so much. And I think that that might come into play at the end of the game. And in the second half, when, you know, you start the second half, you you get up 21, nothing. And now you're kind of, you're not playing the same football game necessarily. Um, So to me, you know, if Allen needed to make more completions, uh, would it have changed if it was a more competitive game? I don't know. I think one of the things that might have happened if I was, you know, how many times could Tua Tagovailoa been sacked if he had managed to stay in the game? It seemed like they had uh, no answer for a, a, an extra corner blitzer. They just, it just seemed to be like a, uh, like a bug in the game where if you put it on easy mode and then you just send the corner blitz, the computer doesn't know what to do. Um, yeah, because definitely. he was just like, it was, it was pathetic. It was really bad. Um, certainly the offense, I think that's what I was getting at too, at the beginning of the, of my commentary where I said, you know, it was a very frustrating and, and sort of unimpressive 28, nothing lead because it felt like they weren't really doing anything, but they, they were clearly doing some things. And I think that, I think that's probably the big difference between the Pittsburgh game and, and this game is you know, they didn't have their best game, but they had a better game and they were, you know, they went from from losing on a special teams touchdown to shutting out a team. Um, and I think one of the interesting things that we'll get to, um, why don't I start the conversation about Josh Allen? Because he he's sort of based on all metrics. He's not as good as last year and he's kind of somewhere in the 2019 zone. He's still better than 2018. But I think one of the things that I hear a lot is um, a lot of credit to the defenses that he's played so far. I think Pittsburgh, um, you know, obviously got after him. There was a big article in The Athletic. I'll leave the details to Paul, but they had explained Mm -hmm. about um, how – and thank you, Paul, for buying me a subscription to The Athletic. My Um, pleasure. uh, You know, that – some of what's going on with Allen he's, is he's sort of throwing passes. Uh, he's not as evenly throwing them across the field and his completions are coming evenly across the field. And that might be based on some of the pressure he was seeing, or in the case of Miami, some of the, some of the cornerback play, which there certainly was like noticeably good cornerback play. I think the interception that Allen throws is a particularly good play um, by the defender. Um, and, you know, you're throwing it to your best receiver digs there. And, and then later in the game, um, you know, you throw a jump ball 45 yards down the field and, and takes rewards him with a catch there. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too mad about the the interception myself, but he certainly isn't in himself completely. Um, I, I just would notice that as the line was able to play better, he did get more production. Um, my only long term concern is that when you say, oh, he's had really good play against defenses. And then you turn around and say, but our defense is amazing. You also have to have the caveat that it appears that, like, you know, you've played Miami and Pittsburgh. And what's that defense going to look like against um, maybe even Washington this week, who, you know, we'll talk about whether they're a more potent offensive threat than the previous two teams. Um, so there's still it's just that classic maxim that you don't even really know who you're you're playing in the first few weeks of the season. Um, and you have to kind of 
feel everything out and see what's going on. And it could be, you know, don't be surprised if the Raiders and the Broncos are all not undefeated in a few weeks here is all I'm all I'm going to say there. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll start the, the conversation this way. I am not worried mm. about Allen yet. I'd like him to have done better, but I'm not worried about him. Let's go to Paul first, and we'll sneak back to Scott. And then, Scott, when you're done giving your Josh Allen thoughts, you could jump right into to three stars. Great. And we will uh, – this will answer one of Stephen's question. Uh, you had two subpar starts for Allen. Concerned about regression yet? What about if he has another game like this against D.C.? When was his last really good game? So – Frank had mentioned the article in The Athletic and talked about him, about Josh, not throwing really at all parts of the field. He has not been throwing to his right very much. And when he has been in the intermediate range, that, you know, 15 plus yard range, he has not been successful. That seems to me like more of a play calling issue versus, but it could be him ignoring the other side of the field. And so that's something to watch out for. The interception, it, it bugged me a little more than Frank, simply because I feel like there was a place to put that ball where it gets not just uh, inter- not intercepted, but also caught if it were in a better spot. So I think he put it a little bit too far behind Diggs. Tough chance, back foot. He was under a bit more pressure on that than he'd been most of the game. So that was a, a concern. It is still super early in the season. The reason I am not overly concerned with him, all this, uh, with us two years from now, talking about how we're in a Wentz situation with his damn contract, with his damn QB, we overrated too early in his career. And that's because we have seen him do the absolute spectacular. We have seen him, you know, complete nearly 60, or excuse me, nearly 70% of his throws. We've seen him, we've all seen him complete near 60% of his throws. We've seen him, you know, be extraordinarily accurate with some great passes. We've seen him read defense as well. We've seen him utilize the whole field. So I think it is a matter of, Defensive coordinators doing some good stuff and, you know, helping to make sure that he is, you know, that they're making him play with his left hand, so to speak, that he's not able to play to his strengths as much. But I think Josh is going to eventually solve that. And I think what their defenses won't be able to solve is I think some of these passes that he's missed based on what we saw last year, he's going to start hitting some more of those passes. The deep ball to Sanders in week one, he hit Sanders beautifully on the deep ball this week. On the 40-yard pass to Diggs, he could have put out a little more in front of him. Uh, this time, maybe not had to make it a contested ball. I think that's going to come with time where he starts hitting those with a greater percentage than he is. As far as the larger question of regression goes, uh, and the lo- he, as we discussed before the season, I think he could regress a bit this year total from his numbers last year and the team could still be better for it. You know, he will, he will adjust, he will get better. He, he won't have to face Xavier Howard and, you know, a great a defensive back every week. He will have to face a great defense this week with Washington. So this might not be the best test of it. Whereas Houston, I think will be a good test of whether he's going to break out of this and, and how soon. And then, yeah, I mean, he played a great game against the Colts in the playoffs last year. So just cause he's had four straight rougher ones against you know, either highly rated D or defense with a lot of talent like Miami has. I, it, I find it a little too early to worry at this point. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm usually pretty quick to jump on the, the worry bandwagon, but I think I'm, I'm also, I'm not panicking. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes guys have bad stretches. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers had bad stretches of his career. Brady's had bad stretches of his career. Um, you know, the, this happens, um, there is, you know, whether it's regression or not, I think obviously, you know, we'll know in at the end of the season and we'll know once we get some more data points. 
<clears throat> but I don't think I'm not. If it is regression, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player going forward. It just means maybe he's not going to be a, you know, 4,500 yard, 4,000 yard kind of guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think Frank makes a really good point that it's still early. We got to see how it plays out. But there are other ways to win other than kind of being a world beating kind of dominant offense. I mean, on some level, the, you know, the Chiefs had the world beating dominant offense last year and they lost to the Bucks, who were arguably more balanced in the sense of like, you know, the Bucks could score points, but they also had a really pretty good lights out defensive line too, that that was really the difference in the, in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, con- I'm a little concerned because obviously like it'd be great to have everything firing on all cinders, cylinders, right. As you start off the season, but it, we won the game. We're not in a position where we're and two and now Allen's really behind the ball and he's got to kind of have the additional pressure of, well, we need to start winning some of these games now. Otherwise we're not even going to be, it's not just a question of my performance. It's a question of whether or not this team's going to be able to do as successful as we did last year. And those kind of questions starts getting asked. So it's good that the rest of the team is able to pick up Allen and keep him moving. And yeah, I think some of it, I think the biggest question I have is kind of like, is this a fundamentals regression of like, he has now forgotten some of the stuff that he learned last season. And in the off season, he was in the lab working on the short passes and he forgot how to throw the long ones um, or the more intermediate ones. Or is it a, uh, is it the, the something the defenses were doing to him? I'm still not 100% sold on the on the play calling. Sometimes it feels like Dable's trying to teach Allen to do things in the games, which seems like not the right thing to do. Like it seems like there are some. It seems like in the beginning of the second half, he came out and they had a really couple well-designed plays where Allen was able to throw in rhythm right over the middle and kind of get some nice easy gainers. And it's like. Okay, were those there just now, or were they there the whole game and we chose not to find them? And and I get maybe it's just good halftime adjustments to find them coming out, but it was a little. Um, but I want to, you know, obviously I, I'm not going to excuse Dable as, as as being part of this, given he's the he's the mastermind behind the whole behind the whole offense. So. So there you go. I think that it it um there was some final thought that I had, but I don't really remember it so we're just gonna let and it go we're gonna get the three stars anyway so yeah and I, I saw you mute yourself and i said well let me give scott a second and i'll retransition to three stars so Absolutely. please enlighten us as to as to how who, who shined the brightest on a day of bright shining yeah we have lots of honorable mentions uh i did give uh a dolphin an honorable mention emmanuel Ogba, who had a half sack uh, a not a I, I will give credit to the dolphins i think they did they 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 were trying to hang in there on defense. Obviously, they got behind the ball early on with not great field position. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, their offense was not doing anything. They knew they had the backup in. But they were, I mean, they're, they again, they had talent. They had guys in there who were good players. Avian Howard's a good player. Um, Ogba's a good player. I, you know, th- there's Jerome Baker's a good player. So they, they were they were hanging in there for a while, and it was really only in the second half that things kind of got away from them. Um, so I give them some some credit there with a honorable mention. But unfortunately, that was one of I have six honorable mentions, and that was one of them. Uh, honorable mention for Singletary, honorable mention for Allen, honorable mention for Micah Hyde, honorable mention for AJ Klein doing some nice work coming in late, trying to get the you know covering for Tremaine Edmonds who was down with the cramping. Uh, and then I also give an honorable mention to Justin Zimmer because it's my mm-hmm. thing and I can do what I want. 
and I wow. like that he continues to to show up. And um, you know, we we mentioned briefly uh, in our group chat before on Sunday, you know, uh, Harrison Phillips not not on the field, right? That, that yep. was healthy inactive, scratch, yep. uh, which is not which, a not a good sign. No, but it, it, what is a good sign? Because I think we were talking about it in the context of the bean drafts and. Here we are, though, with, you know, I noticed one of the names you didn't say was, was right, just Shmeja, 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 and, and, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, maybe, maybe uh, it's not as bad as we all thought, but certainly we wish Phillips was a, was a better, coming along a bit more. Yeah, we, we could yeah. also note that they got Justin Zimmer as a waiver wire guy, and he's essentially playing the exact role they wanted Harrison Phillips play. So they got that guy on the cheap. They just didn't get him in yes. the, the draft. I mean, he had a draft. sack and he had solo tackles, which for a one technique defensive tackle is practically an all-star day. So I, I agree with Scott's honorable mention of him here. Absolutely. So we'll move on to our third star, which goes to Matt Milano, five uh, tackles, uh, one sack, two tackles for loss, um, two QB hits. I think he had, did someone say eight pressures? Is that what I yeah, had? Sounds right. Some stupid yep. number. Yeah, it was it, it was, I believe. It was a lot of pressures, and it seemed like it was. And he was in pass was coverage some of the game, which is yeah. Yeah, he was everywhere. Yeah. He just kept <laughs> going places. Yeah, and 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 well well timed, well designed blitzes up the middle around the edge from from Leslie Fraser. Not not too much to where they could expect it coming, but just enough so that it was incredibly disruptive and just consistently beating his man to put Brissett, um, usually Brissett in, in tough positions. Um, a great overall performance from the Bills defense as we've been talking about. Um, second star goes to Teron Johnson, uh, four tackles, a sack, filling up the stat sheet, tackle for loss, two pass deflections, uh, a QB hit. I forget. Did he have key, key fourth down stop too? Key fourth down stop, right? The big, the big fourth down stop, um, which was nice to see. Again, um, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, he's in a contract year. He's getting paid. Um, obviously, we need to keep him for this year healthy. But, um, you know, given the importance of the nickel defense in general for all teams in the NFL at this point, having that good third corner is critical. So, Teron obviously doing a huge job um, doing that. And obviously, like, super well-timed blitz early on to nail nail uh, Tagovailoa and, and set the tone for the day. And, and then, uh, you know, yeah. it, this is a great offseason topic, which we won't discuss because we never discuss what we're going to say we're going to in the offseason. Has he gotten better? Remember, he was benched last year for Cam Lewis for a half, and then Lewis got injured, and that's the only reason he came back in. Is guarding Cole Beasley in practice every day, one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, if not the best, helped him become one of the best slot corners in the NFL? Join us this offseason where we'll mean to talk about that, but we'll not. And instead, we'll and instead we'll talk about what happens if the Bills played the Dolphins on a sheet of ice in the North Pole. <laughs> Yeah, or we'll or we'll make Paul watch the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and react and, to it. Yeah, and just a live, 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 live reaction feed. And as you um, know, I'm afraid of snakes, so it's gonna be it'll be a fun watch. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, and then uh, I am going to give the two-headed, double-barreled first star to wow. AJ, AJ Epinesa and Groot Greg Rousseau. Um, a powerful performance for the whole defensive line, obviously. Um, you know, again, everyone was helping out. Addison had pressures. Uh, Hughes, I feel like, had had pressures. But Rousseau and Epinesa showing what the future of this team um, looks like. 
at the defensive end position. Obviously, Rousseau with the better kind of stat game, with the five tackles, um, and the two two big sacks. Obviously, like was just that close to getting that third one um, in the fourth quarter as as Brissett scampered away, uh, just just kind of eluding him. Uh, Epinesa had the had the one official tackle, but the two big QB hits, including the one that put Tagovailoa out of the game. But he was also just 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 uh, I don't say windmilling, cartwheeling, pinwheeling uh, defensive or excuse me offensive tackles the whole game. Miami really had a ton of trouble dealing with Epinesa and Rousseau, and it was great to see from Epinesa, who obviously the Bills invested a very high draft pick in, and who had trouble getting on the field early on in the season. So it's it's uh, last year. So uh, it was great to kind of see him really finding his role, finding his weight, finding his body tap, finding his game, and and hopefully providing the Bills. This was the defensive line we'd all been waiting for. Um, this was mm-hmm. this was the one where we spent $120 million, and they kind of looked like it on Sunday. They were coming in waves. Miami didn't have an answer. Yes, they had a good... Um, you know, good support from the linebackers in the secondary in terms of the blitzes and the game plan, but uh, there were plenty of four-man rushes that got home and made it impossible for Tagovailoa to play well uh, and later Brissett. So, uh, on and those are your three stars. It's uh, it's funny. I, I wonder. I wonder how much of this is the star Latula Lea effect. Because... Yeah, I think about that too. Like he, we, there was one play I read on Twitter and I didn't see it, but where the Dolphins had to try and use three guys to block. Lo, star Lodalele. Yeah, it didn't help. And I looked at the numbers on Epinesa: thirty-four snaps the entire game, nine pressures. Mind you, those are not thirty-four def- passing plays necessarily. So I don't even right. know what passing plays are. But that is that is that is pretty crazy, right there. He already has fifteen pressures this season and fifty-three snaps after having seven pressures last season in two hundred and ninety-one snaps. Yeah, he crazy. looks pretty good for a guy who finally got to go to camp. And, <laughs> and, you know, learn a little, which looks pretty know. good for a Hawkeye. I will grudgingly. Yeah, I, I, I begrudgingly. So now, right? now we all have to hope Basham takes the Epinesa route. Mm-hmm. Yes. Healthy scratch yep. for a couple games and then get your, get, get it's it. It's also a stacked line though, right? Like we just, yeah. we just sort of said this, like, and, and if you're going to be the guy down, it's probably better that you're the second round rookie draft pick because you're like competing with, a handful of guys who are really great and there will be room next year. So, you know, I, I think that that's probably, you know, that's why I'm not too worried about it. It would be nice for him to make the field, but it took up a nest a little while to make the field too. So, um, okay. So uh, I'm going to briefly mention injuries because there are no injuries to report. Wallace and Edmonds were both checked in as okay by the coach today. Thank you for double uh, confirming that for us, Paul. Yeah. Um, and so this, the, the, Injury report will come out tomorrow on Wednesday or today on Wednesday, depending on when you're listening. And uh, hopefully it won't be it won't be too bad or there won't be any surprises. Um, the league straightened itself out a little bit this week, I would have to say. A little uh, bit we, of correction, as they say. Yeah, we, we we briefly touched on this last week about how it was really an awkward week. Um you know, uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos two and oh, just like we all said they would be. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't expect that to maintain. Um, but you know, Pittsburgh lost, Baltimore beat Kansas City, which I don't know if I'd call that a correction, but it was a it was welcome, I think. Right. It, was, it was Mahomes had never lost a game in his career in September, so that that stat is now out the window forever. Well, he can eat a bag of poops. Um, 
Tennessee comes back on Seattle in, in, in a remarkable game. Um, and uh, I couldn't. Yeah, if happy. you watched any of the late afternoon Sunday games, you were watching a good game. There was the crazy Cardinals Vikings 34 to 33 Cardinals win where the Cardinals right. drove down score. And then the Vikings needed 37 yard field goal and missed in true Vikings fashion. The Titans yep. Seahawks game with which Frank mentioned the OT game that we got locally uh, at the end because we also got the Chargers Cowboys game, which ended on a field uh, field goals time expired. It was uh, right. Chargers crazy. lose that game. Yep. So. A lot of these one and O teams. Bills are uh, the number three seed in the AFC right now. Behind right, the, uh, they, they went from out of the playoffs to you know number three seed behind Las Vegas and yeah, the Steelers are is officially the this, NFC North. Right. The Broncos, even though they're two and are the wild card right now. They would be the first wild card, right? Um, so th- that's actually you know helpful that it sort of corrects itself easily. You don't you, you know you're not chasing. You're already going to be chasing Pittsburgh a little. Ben Roethlisberger sounds injured, but he might still play. Um, TJ Watt injured, no sense of he'll play. Um, but you, it's nice to not be like, okay, you're a game in the hole against the Chiefs already. And you also have to contend with the making up the game against Pittsburgh. So every little bit there helps. Green Bay, of course, that's the one I wanted to mention. Um, I was listening to the radio this morning. A person had 15 of the first 16 games in a parlay correct. And all they needed was the Lions to beat Green Bay and they would have walked out with seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars um so i really hope that person hedged their bet and put a lot of money on green bay um yeah. because that would be that would be good um yeah, but you know aaron Rodgers has his football game back um scott i don't know how much you got a chance to kind of poke around the league this weekend after the bills were over i know it gets late for you uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think the only thing I'll remark on is is the is the Chiefs Ravens. Obviously, is a is a very kind of interesting and obviously very important game for Bills fans. I mean, both of those. I mean, obviously, the Ravens game, the, the Bills won. That was still yeah. not, not an easy game. You know, that was right. we were we were in in control, but like the technical definition of in control. Like it still <laughs> was very close to kind of getting into like real game kind of fashion in that game. And obviously um, if Jackson plays like he did against Kansas city, which obviously, you know, was not perfect, you know, throwing two interceptions, but still as Frank would point, point out moving the ball down the field, you know, scoring, <laughs> scoring 36 points, getting 230 yards, passing, getting another 107 yards on the ground with two touchdowns, which is, yeah, yeah, and that, that was just Lamar with uh, with Lamar stats. The team plan. rushing stats were 251 yards. This is one of those rare games where the uh, the dominant run game beats the dominant pass game. Well, they, I mean, and it comes down to the end of the game where there's a you know one key fumble, and then they go for it on this really ballsy fourth down yeah. um, at the end of the game, and and Kansas City doesn't see the ball but get the ball back. So good for them. I. I I, I'm impressed by the aggression that they played with. And I think Chris, that, Chris Collinsworth even noted on the broadcast, he's like, he doesn't know what uh, John Harbaugh's opinion would be on it normally, but uh, John Harbaugh allegedly said he doesn't think about it all. He just looks at whatever the statistics tell him to do. And if they say, go for it, go for it. And so John's probably just like, well, the stats say go for it. We're going to go for it. There you and go. They did, and that was it. Mahomes never saw the ball again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's it's interesting. I mean, I think... I, obviously, this doesn't also mean the Chiefs are over with either, because obviously they sure. were <laughs> all the way to the end. Obviously, the Chiefs, you know, Clyde Alaire Edwards or Edwards Alaire, you know, I think 
sounds like there are some questions about what his role is in Kansas City right now. Obviously, he's really the only kind of weak link on the offense. And and as Frank has put out in the past, that's not a not a terrible thing. When if the if the running game is your weakest link, uh, you're probably doing okay right now. Yeah, I think that for me, I just want to take it as a nice reset for the AFC mostly. Like you know, I don't expect Denver and and, and L- Las Vegas. I mean, really, like it's amazing. Las Vegas certainly won the first game, uh, and you know, I don't know how great they look. The other day too, I think that was another game. No, they beat. They, let's put it this way: they beaten two. One team that came Pittsburgh, into Buffalo right, and yeah. got the Bills, and they beat the the Ravens that just knocked off the Chiefs. So they may or may not be for real, but their wins have certainly been impressive. Right. So I just don't think that. I mean, Derek Carr also banged up, so we'll see if that keeps. Yep. It. For me, record wise, I just want to be happy that we're like okay, everybody, more or less, everybody's in this one in one bucket who matters. Um, and so, you know, that's a good that's a good thing for Buffalo after kind of stumbling out the gate. It might be a little bit of grace that they get there. Um, you said we had some listener questions, Paul, and I, I apologize. I'm going to make you do back to back segments because I am on my phone and can't pull up. Yeah, we do. And it's, a, you know, do this. it's no problem. These will be this one is very timely because we we're discussing the KC Baltimore game. Pal Russo season slash Zach Day asks, how encouraged are you by the progress in the run game with the way Casey's D has been surrendering rush yards? Maybe the slow Josh Starr can be mitigated by a better run game for the big matchup in a few weeks ahead, not to look too far ahead. Normally I answer first, but, you know, maybe we can give this over to yeah. Scott or Fra- Frank. You jumped in. So Frank, look at this. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if, if he's asking about the Bills improved run game, I mean, um, Yes, I think that one of the things that – look, I still maintain that the best way to, to win the game is to throw the football and to get completions. And I think that that's – you know, it wasn't – they didn't lose the Pittsburgh game because they didn't run enough. That's I certainly don't want to sound like I'm going to say anything like that. But what was nice was when Miami was in different types of looks that made those passes harder, they did have an option. And, and, and Devin Singletary absolutely made the pay for it. And Zach Moss had two – you know, really great touchdown runs, really, especially the second one was, was excellent. Yeah, yeah, he almost uh, killed a man. He did. It was, it was, it was, it was truly loud how hard that man got hit. Um, and so that's, a, that's a nice touch. Obviously every, you know, and also they caught, I definitely saw a Devin Singletary catch a swing pass. So there you go. Um, so uh, to me, the game is like, if you're talking about Kansas City, uh, no, it doesn't make a difference for me. It, it it can be a nice play here or there, but you're not beating Kansas City unless Josh Allen is going to get completions. And that's just it for me. There's no real way around it. Um, so to me, it's it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing to have. It might help. It might help Josh Allen, like, have a play off so that he can make the next completion. But if it's anything much more than that, then I don't know, because I think that the ultimate game plan will still be to um you know take the ball out of josh's hands until until there's a real reason to think otherwise i mean i i you know this is all i mean it's we're in a very kind of metaphysical territory for me like it's it's like you know what is what is how is cheap man (laughs) what is the what is the perfect offense is there such a thing as a perfect offense what is the maximum that any one team can do on offense? You know, uh, if 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 the if the if the Bills scored uh, had like 
you know, one touch if if Josh Allen threw an inc through uh fifty percent of his passes were touchdowns and fifty percent were incompletions, like sure that'd probably win you the game, but your defense would probably like or you know, maybe it was a three and out and then a touchdown, a seventy yard touchdown pass every other series. You know, you'd score forty nine points, but I'm pretty sure your defense would get pretty tired by the end of the game. Like yeah. you'd be giving up a lot of points. And, you know, how 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 much of a run like how do you time how do you factor in the I have to think about the run into the safety's mindset when he's in his pass drop and he sees the play action like what like I can't it's very tough to quantify these kind of things. So I'm I'm not really willing to do it. I'll just say, like, I am in general favor of more balance i don't think 50 50 balance makes sense for this team i don't think that there aren't teams who can't win and do that obviously baltimore did it on sunday against kansas city on some level so it can be done it's just i don't think it makes sense i don't think 80 20 like last week in pittsburgh which i think is probably where it ended up um yeah makes sense either but somewhere between 60 40 and 70 30 seems to be reasonable and about the right balance that i would be looking for Right. And I think this I I agree to an extent with both. I agree a little more with Scott. I think, yes, the Ravens did beat the Chiefs by rushing for 251 yards. But I do not think the Bills, even with their improved run game, have the horses to rush for 251. They don't even have the football players to run for 251 yards. Nonetheless, the horses mm-hmm. to do so. So mm-hmm. I, I think there is going to be I think the balance that Scott brought up is is good. I think you need to play to the other team's weaknesses. They did not do that against Pittsburgh when they thought, well, we'll just keep passing against this team, even though we have pressure in Josh's face every 15 seconds. They did not do a good job adjusting in game. I think, yeah, it's going to be maybe a 60-40 split is uh, is the way to go, hypothetically, you know, how I would see it. You want to keep Josh passing. That is where your strength is. I thought Sorensen played terribly for the Chiefs at the safety positions uh, this week. So that's an opportunity you can take advantage of. And, you know, I think you want to see a little more of Singletary and Moss, certainly than we saw in week one against Pittsburgh and probably against Kansas City in the games last year as well. But I don't think you want to go full on heavy with that necessarily because you need to your strength. You don't have Lamar Jackson quarterback. You have someone who's a better passer than Lamar, who's shown to be a better passer last year uh, and is a great runner, but probably not as elusive as Lamar is and, you know, able to just rush for 100 yards at will. So we'll go on to Steven's questions. We answered one already about the regression. This one, he kind of semi-answers himself. I know I'm old school, but I love a stifling defense. Six sacks is nice, but two of the sacks came from the secondary. How much blitzing were the Bills doing, and how much pressure were they able to get when they just sent four? And then Steven said he just read it was 10 blitzes. I read a little bit differently in the Buffalo News that it was actually 15 or more times. They 15 out of 56 dropbacks. Uh, they rushed five or more. So that was 26.8%. That's what the Buffalo News charted at. I think that is great. So that means you're sending four people or less 70, nearly three quarters of the time, 73.2% of the time. And they got pressure there a ton. So you guys have any thoughts on the, the pressure? I know we've already talked about that a little bit. Nope. The pressure for me, the pressure was good. That's my thought. Good. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think, I think 
on some level, I don't know that Leslie Frazier is. I think he's. I think he's got multiple ways that he sees his defense working. So I think. I think whatever makes sense week to week. Clearly, it worked this week. I think obviously you need different game plans for different quarterbacks. Um, you know, obviously I think on some level, you know, blitzing Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger that much doesn't doesn't make as much sense. So I think you'll see it very week to week. And then Stevens last. Uh, tweet more of a statement, but but it does tie into some recent news that came in during the podcast. Uh, looking forward to Sunday, another young QB on the other side. Seems like Bills are facing a lot of first and second year QBs this year. Indeed, they are. And as we speculated might happen, uh, you know, when we were chatting on WhatsApp, the uh, Tyrod Taylor officially placed on injured reserve. So the Bills will face the Texans backup. I don't know who that is. Maybe it's Deshaun Davis. Watson. Davis. No, Davis something. I don't know. They've got, they've got Heineke this weekend, so it will not be a back-to-back weeks against former Bills QB since Fitz will be out. Uh, but yeah, and then there in the season, you've got Trevor Lawrence is, is coming down the pipe. You've got two games against the Patriots and Jets each, and that's four games against rookie QBs there. So I don't know, guys. I think it's going to be a bit of a, a – there's opportunities for the defense to feast here on some young, inexperienced guys. Davis Mills? Who yeah, I, you're I'm just making up a name. That's not no Davis. Name. Yeah, that's his name, Davis Mills, <laughs> an American football quarterback for the Houston Texans. He was drafted into the third round of the 2021 draft. Oh, so and, and he, third round picks out of Stanford are always great. <laughs> Trent Edwards. I'm sorry. Yeah, he is going to get thrown directly into the fire here. So good luck to Davis Mills. Not really. Um, I need him to survive to next week. Anyway. I think it's a little rough. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Paul, was there a question in there? I forget. No, it was. It's just a statement. Okay. No thoughts. We'll move on to the Stain Bills headlines. Woohoo! All right. Here we go. September. The single best segment yes. in all of football. Yep. Yes. Which I interrupted your proclaiming statement. So that was, that was my bad there. I should always Darn. accept the phrase and shut up. So it's, that's Darn. on me. All right, so we're going to go to September 21st, another day that we've never done headlines for, so I had to do the research from scratch. I have yet to find one where I can cheat on this, so I will hopefully get one in the coming weeks. 2020, Bill's linebacker blank has strong first NFL start filling in for Tremaine Edmonds. I feel like I did okay. I still left a lot out there that I can get better with, but it's a long process for me, first game, so I'm still trying to get my feet wet and still trying to learn and see stuff that I've never seen before. AJ Klein? Nope. Good guess. I'll give the other part of another part of the, uh, article. Without Edmonds Milano, with with Milano, with Edmonds Milano and Delshawn Phillips out, Buffalo depend on AJ Klein, Blank, Tyler Matakevich, Andre Smith, and Deion Lacey to step up in the in their place. So it's all it's one one of the guys who's a linebacker who's not the guys I just named. He played on Sunday. He almost had a pick. Sorry, I've said it five times, but I was muted. Dodson? Oh, yes, Dodson. That's why. <laughs> like, boy, I'm surprised Scott hasn't jumped in. I thought I don't he was like, tried, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, 2018. Blank blessed to walk away from scary hit. It's one of those day-to-day things, Blank said. Each day I've been feeling pretty good. As you can imagine, I've, lo- I've got a lot of soreness in my neck. So to give you guys some context, which I think you'll remember this play, I was in The Hague at the time, but I watched the replay. Uh, blank lost. We, his by home. the way, we were so glad that you got cleared of all those. Yeah, that was terms. that was a, a 
a rough stretch in my life, guys. Glad I dodged yeah. those bullets, literally. Uh, Blank lost his helmet as he was gathering a loose ball on a punt, and Los Angeles Chargers linebacker Uchenna Nuwasu's hit to his forehead with a helmet left him bleeding. So Smarty went back to field. A, he was trying to gather a ball that a muffed punt, and his helmet came off, and Nuwasu hit him and opened up a giant gash that they showed online. Now, allegedly, he said he was okay, but he played a few more games, and then he was eventually put on IR with a neck injury. What year was this? 2018. Josh Allen's first career start, the Vontae Davis game. Yeah. This uh, is Bill's a, returner? In Bills, he wasn't the returner, but he was playing on special teams. He played for the Bills in 2017, 2018, 2020, and 2021. Hmm. And man, did he play against the Bills in 2019. Oh, Taiwan Jones. Taiwan Jones. There you go. 2016, this will be a nice easy one for you guys. Off-duty cops sue blank over Philly bar fight. Oh, LaShawn McCoy, I remember that. Yep. That all got turned around, too. Like he, he... It did. It said they was trying to break up a fight between the... LaShawn said he was trying to break up a fight between the officers and his friends over a $350 bottle of champagne. He said the fight broke out over a misunderstanding about who had bought the bottle. All right. 2013. Why Blank is on track to an NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. While stats show Blank's contribution on defense, one thing you won't find on the stat sheet is the presence he has on the field. The Bills have lacked a strong middle linebacker since the departure of Paul Pazlesny, who's a tackling machine. Now they have one who could not only tackle, but make plays and force turnovers, as he did Sunday in the Bills' 23-20 victory over the defending champion Ravens. The legend. Legend indeed. The man who was yeah. traded for LaShawn McCoy. Great Kiko Alonso. In case you're wondering... Uh, the defensive rookie of the year and that year went uh, instead to uh, New York Jets defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson, which history shown was probably right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, tougher <laughs> one, but gettable. Let's see how you guys do on this one from 2012. Blank, ex-Buffalo Bills linebacker expects dogfight Sunday. This is a rookie. Uh, this is 2012. He was a rookie. He was a round five pick who, out of by the Bills out of TCU, who was cut by the Bills after the preseason, landed with the Browns, and now is about to play the Bills before week three or whenever this would have been. He played six seasons with the Browns, mainly on special teams. Is this Tank Carter? Tank Carter! Scott, wow! wow. I had so, three other hints lined up, including man. ones about his first name being a piece of large military equipment, but no hints needed there. So, good so, job. So, yeah, unfortunately, Tank, yeah, that forever etched in Scott's brain due to Due to a certain Rose Bowl in question, <laughs> he had a he had a uh, infamous role for Wisconsin fans. So we don't need he to go a, into his. Yes, we won't read that pain. He was just John Carter from Mars for me. I mean, he was just <laughs> <laughs> John Carter. Oh, that's right. All right, 2011, ten years ago today, Bills activate blank, put Parrish on IR. It's the second. <laughs> well, uh, no, they've activated someone for Robert. Uh, it's the second straight Roscoe. year. Roscoe. Yes, I called him Robert Parrish. Robert, could, Parrish, was Robert the, Parrish was a great the, Celtics the player. Center, yes. I was going to say, this is <laughs> dragging up down the court. Um, All right. Larry Bird, the correct answer, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, okay. So. Second. Uh, so it's the second straight year Parrish's season has ended early. He missed the final half of last season with a broken wrist. So the Bills activate a player who plays the same position. Uh, and is a hint like former Chargers guard Vaughn Parker, 
Bears defensive end and podcaster on maybe next year, Paul. He's a graduate of St. Joseph Collegiate Institute and their football program. He then went to the University of Buffalo and spent a couple Damon seasons. Damon Roosevelt. Damon yeah, Roosevelt. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. right. I was like, I had to think of who was the local. That was who it was. Yes. Yeah. All right. 2006, 15 years ago, for Jets blank, returning to Buffalo is his least worry. He said it will feel a little different to return to Ralph Wilson Stadium, but he experienced a similar situation when he joined Buffalo after four years with the Denver Broncos and then returned to Mile High Stadium. Sam uh, Coward? Will... What's that? Coward? Nope, not Sam Coward. The other uh, one, Rodgers? No. Nope. No. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Interior offensive lineman who spent four uh, years with the Bills, drafted mm. by the Broncos in 98 out of Tennessee. Or is with Broncos, or is with Buffalo, and then I think the Jets to end his career. I didn't fully look it up and i'm not gonna get this one so sorry yeah no i'm yeah it's almost like my brain is so far down the wrong tracks i'd have a better chance if you all right i'll give you the i said into your offensive line i'll give a bigger hint center center on 06 trey teague yes there you go there you go good job good job scott all right 2021 years ago Bills demote Smith in favor of blank. The Bills saw enough of Antoine Smith through only three games and 34 carries to demote him in favor of blank for the big mean with the Indianapolis Colts on October 1. He's a good player and he hasn't gotten to play, and I think he'll give us a spark. Bills coach Wade Phillips said about blank after announcing the move Wednesday. Travis Henry? Henry? Nope, nope. Travis was drafted in 01, so Travis ended up replacing this guy. Sammy Morris? Great guess. He would have been the number two running back on this team. Antoine Smith, Sam Morris. This was a Bills fifth round pick in 1998 out of the University of North Carolina. He was actually the team's leading rusher in 1999 with 695 yards and five TDs. But after being named to replace Antoine Smith in 2000 as the starter, he would only total 112 yards on 38 carries. And that was his last NFL season where... Antoine went to the Patriots and then rushed for over 2,100 yards the next two years and won a Super Bowl. Is it noted libertarian uh, thought provoker Charles C.W. Cook? Good old Charles C.W. Cook. I think he was more of a fullback, though, wasn't he? Like yeah, you're probably kind of right. Hybrid, yeah. Scott, any guesses British on this journal. one? Yeah. No, it's not, it's, not, it's not coming through. All right. The answer is Jonathan Linton, if you remember Jonathan. Oh, no. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That was a dark time in, in Bill's history. All right. Last one, gentlemen. You're going to end on a high note. We're going to go back 26 years, but you got this. 1995, Blank Hall's an AFC defensive honor. Buffalo Bills linebacker Blank has been named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. The NFL announced Wednesday Blank was recognized for his three sacks among 14 tackles and two forced fumbles in the Bills' 20-14 to 14 victory over the Indianapolis Colts last Sunday. Okay, so... We're going to just go through linebackers here. We're going to start with Daryl Talley. Good guess, but no. Shane Conlon. No. Cornelius Bennett. Another great linebacker from that era. Yeah, but not the guy. Not the guy. Okay. Uh... Give you guys another chance, and then I'll give the hint. That we'll it, give it to you. Is it? It's not Pop, right? It's it the... is. It is Bryce Pop. Oh. The next hint was going to be this marked the third time in six NFL seasons. Pop has received Player of the Week honors from the league. The first who came out, he was a member of the Green Bay Packers. 
Yep. He would, of course, in 1995, not just haul in AFC Defensive Player of the Week honors for this week, but he would win AFC Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations, Bryce. And that is this day in Bill's headlines for September 21st. I always forget about him. I don't know why. He only played three seasons with the team. Might have even that, been two seasons. Probably, he had a short career, but it was an impactful career. That's probably why, because it was like he was like, well, and then like he was gone by the time. I, I mean, we definitely I don't think we've had anyone who's been close to AFC defensive no. player or since then. Uh, I mean, Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Not with yeah. us. <laughs> yes. not with us. Yeah, just yeah. not with us. Well, maybe that'll change. Who knows? Um, okay. So I think it was eight and a half and now it's nine and a half. The bills are nine and a half points favorites. Over oh, really? I thought it went from nine and a half to eight. No, I, I just looked at odd sharks and said oh, nine wow. and a half. So in any event, it's more than a touchdown. It's, it's, you know, or a touchdown and a two-point conversion, at least here, depending on where you're where you're shopping for your odds. Um, and this is against the Washington football team, uh, local to to at least two-thirds of us now, and hopefully local to all of us again sometime eventually. Um, but they're they're a weird mixed bag. Um, they have some very good defensive talent, uh, Chase Young in particular. Their rookie quarterback like he's likable to me I, I he had a, a a good little run at the end of the season there and he he got his plucky little heartstrings doing the best he could against Tom Brady in the playoffs and you know he he throws for I think it was 300 yards 330 yards exactly against the Giants that was an exciting game yeah so he you know two touchdowns and an interception here's what I can't really figure out like you know, they, they lose to the the Chargers 20 to 16. Okay, they hold the Chargers down to a certain amount of points. They get they let the Giants score 29, you know, and they and they yep. really only win the game based on like a, a weird, you know, offside snafu field goal yeah. nonsense. Yeah. So I I can't tell you if Washington's good or not. Um I think that they're probably not as good as Buffalo. Um, and I, I'm, I feel comfortable that Buffalo will win. Um, I, I, I would, I would default there, but I, I would, I would be, I would stress that, you know, they do seem to have a couple of those pieces that can, that can, that can cause problems, right? Like Chase Young seems like the kind of guy who could cause a problem for your team. Um, and, uh, and we'll have to see if, if Heineke gets confused by, by a Leslie Frazier defense. So I'm, I'm hopeful that's what will happen. I'll go out of the limb here first. I think, I think that Buffalo will have another sizable win. I think they'll, you know, let's, let's let them cover. Um, and we'll say they win 19 to nine. I think that they win by 10 points, 19 to nine. Wow. Um, back to back shutouts. Whew. 19 to nine. Oh, you said, I said 19 to nothing. No, I said 19 okay. to nine. Um, no, <laughs> 19 to nine. It just seems like a weird, cool score to win by 10. And uh, that I think it'll be something like that. You know, maybe Buffalo will score more than 19, but I think even if they only score 19, they'll be more, um, they'll look more, they'll look better on offense. I think they'll have some, some better stuff. I think, I think they're going to go pull out the stops here to get some goddamn completions for Josh Allen to try and get him going. Um, what do you think, Scott? Scott, who's on mute. Scott, who's on mute, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I'd like <laughs> to say that I, yeah, I'm fairly confident the Bills will be coming out in front here at home. Um, I think 
Yeah, Washington's a dangerous team, like uh, much of the middle class of the league. If you are not uh, minding your P's and Q's, you can you can lose. And I think hopefully the Bills have figured out how to do that and how to kind of come to play every week. Um, you know, they've gotten back on track against Miami last week. They're kind of into the flow of the season. They don't have a ton of pressure on them. It's not a conference game, uh, but against an inferior team. So I think I see the Bills... Um, kind of slowly moving things out in front of them to where, you know, they're somewhere in the 24-13 realm. I think uh, I think the Washington defense will kind of put a bit of a damper on things. I would imagine that we don't see it, that the balance in this case might run a bit more to the run game just because we don't want to get Allen killed. And Chase Chase Young can kill people. I don't want to really test his ability to tee off on Josh Allen too much. So I I would probably put that into a into more of a run game kind of uh, pose, which puts a governor on the Bills' offense a little bit. But I still think uh, they'll get it done. So yeah, I'll put it at, at twenty twenty four fourteen. Still a solid win. All right, I. Uh... I was wondering, I didn't think 19 to 9 would be a scoregami because it would seem like people would get to that because we have not had a scoregami at all this season. Uh, and of course, I forgot about the very first time it happened, uh, that nutty Chicago Cardinals-Columbus Tigers game on October 11th of 1925. I don't know how sure. that slipped my mind. Sure, or the sure. one between the, the Packers and the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets just three years later. So my bad. And the Staten Island-Stapleton's game completely slipped my mind. So not a scoregami. Uh, the Bills won, covered the spread tenfold last week, which was against Miami. So that was a 35-point win, a three-and-a-half-point spread. So I say this is a 95-point victory, uh, you know, pretty routine. Uh, I guess I can't give it quite that much. The, the Red the Washington defense has proven – I almost did it, guys. I almost said it. Uh, the Washington football team, uh, you know, they, they do have a strong defense. They were exposed a little bit by Jones. I think the Bills come into their own a little bit. I think Josh works out the kinks. And I hope I'm correct in saying I think this will be a, a, a more relaxing game. I think they win it big. I think 31 to 10 is what I've got. Frank? I think we lost Frank. Well, we lost Smart guy. Always Hello. Exercising me there we go. There, there we is. are. All right. Are we there now? Okay. I heard a big noise. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Bills is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we still have a Facebook. This is the, I'm getting around. Like This is the second call. If you want Facebook to continue to exist, say so. Tweet us or face, bring something on the Facebook and let us know or email us or, or I don't know, do something to let us know because I kind of want to get rid of it. Um, but we're still there. And if you just search for Buffalo Bills podcast, maybe next year, um, you know, longest running Bills podcast in history. Um, that's a good one. I, there's a chance we won't have the most episodes, though. I noticed there's a new podcast that comes out daily. I don't think it should count. It's like it's by like the Odyssey uh, group. So. Uh, Are they anyway. doing like an hour a day, though? Because I feel like if no, we're getting... yeah, I think they're doing like a quick hit a day. It's probably like a 10 minute a day yeah. kind of thing. And so to me, that doesn't count. But anyway, we're making we're getting some weird Skypey noises here. So we're going to get going and we hope you enjoy our show. Hopefully we'll be talking about a really fun Bills uh, victory. Until then, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.